Hello and welcome to World Shop, the podcast where we build worlds based off a roll of a 20-sided die. I'm Jordan. And I am Cody. How's it going, Cody? It is, you know, it's, it's doing it's doing it's good doing stuff good. right now. It's, do, it's I'm doing feeling, pretty good. Is it doing I'm feeling good? happy. I'm feeling... I, I haven't slept a lot lately, but I'm okay. Well, what can I do to make your life worse? Well, do you want to talk about what I've been into lately? Because I actually have some stuff this time around. Okay, yeah. Yes, okay, Cody. I would so love let, to hear what you have to say. Let's just get right into it, man. Mass Effect. I oh my gosh, really? <laughs> You're st- right. Wait, what? <laughs> Hold on. I have so many questions just on that first part. Okay, Mass Effect. You're still playing it even though you hate it. Have, I'm recording you, it. So, okay. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're recording it. Okay, so I was yeah, about to ask, is there something that's it. pushing you forward? But apparently... Sex. So, alien sex, which I don't know any of the characters' names, so what you say isn't going to matter to me, but which of the sexy aliens that you have sex with? Well, Jordan, let me tell you, here's here's the thing about Mass Effect. You know how, like, a lot of people really like Mass Effect? Yeah, we've talked about how you don't many times, so we can just cut to the chase. No, 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 but here's the thing about it. I think what it is, is it's a game that has now gotten mistaken with its sequel by a lot of the fans. (laughs) And what I mean by that is when people talk about Mass Effect, I think really they're talking about Mass Effect 2. Because in Mass Effect 1, your romantic interests are very limited. Like, you can have sex with the person you're supposed to have sex with. That is how it is framed in the game. There's like a very clear romantic interest for you. He's like your best... if If you're a woman, he's your best friend. He's super nice. Every time that you talk to him, he's on your side. You know, he's like... Super great guy, right? There's so that. So you dude. clearly had sex with that dude. No, 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 I right. didn't. I had I had sex with the one weird alien you can have sex with. The one with the and mask, or no, you can't have sex with her. Um, you can only have sex with Caden, who is just like your standard guy who's nice, and you can have sex with Liara. So, um, that's another thing that the game kind of got a little bit of flack for. I think the first one is that the only same-sex relationship that you're allowed to have is with an alien that does not technically have a sex, but is portrayed as ha- as being like female in gender, if that makes sense. Yeah. So they look feminine, and their behavior and their clothes and, and are all which, like. Which one is that? Hmm. Her Which, name's Liara. She's okay, blue. so she's yeah, she's the one I'm looking at right now. The one that I pretty much one of the only ones I know from the game. Yeah, yeah, and that's probably because she's the sex alien. Now, what's kind of sad about that is, um, in in the lore, that that race of aliens is known as being the sex aliens, and they're like, it's not true. We're not just sex aliens. And then you play the game, and she immediately kind of just becomes the one sex alien. You I'm can just have sex scared with. we're gonna lose even more listeners by the way you talk about this beloved game. Well, but here's my point: is that a lot of the good stuff about Mass Effect. When you actually ask one of the fans of the game, they're going to end up saying, well, this got introduced in Mass Effect 2. Or when you bring up problems, they're like, well, yeah, that kind of got fixed in Mass Effect 2. So part of the problem now is that I think a better game came out, but I'm stuck playing the worst one. (laughs) (laughs) Because I want to finish it because we started playing it. So it's, I mean, it's just a game that has bugs and feels its age and... There's times when they really railroad you hard into certain dialogue options and certain choices it feels like you have to make, which feels wrong for the game that is on paper about being able to make your own choices. Um, But so I don't know. It's like the story's kind of picking up and that's good. They 
they definitely backloaded the quality gameplay, which might be a good decision, but the end of the game so far has been a lot more fun than the beginning of the game. And I know at some point that's inevitable because you level up and you get stronger as you play through this these yeah, types of RPG games. At the end of it. But it's still just like, man, it really feels like the game should be fun from the first step and it, it it was lacking in the early missions, you know? Just even the level design and the art design was really bad early game, you know? All the planets you went to were just like gray, barren rocks. And now you're in like interesting places, which is kind of fun. So I'm enjoying it, but I am still wary of it. Okay. Moral of the story. Yeah. So so you are actually enjoying it for once. Um yeah, and I'm almost done. Like uh, I've got this are, I'm on the last mission. Are so you going having, Sorry, keep going. No, I was just saying, like having sex with your love interest is the thing that happens right before the end of the game. Okay. <laughs> Interesting. Um I was gonna ask, are you going to keep playing Mass Effects or are you done after this one? I don't know. It's kind of up to me and Caitlin, and we haven't specifically decided. I don't think I would play it by myself, but um, as a game to play and kind of complain about with another person, it is fun. So I'm having a good time playing it, but I think that's just because I'm playing it with a friend. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. No, I get that. I um, get that. So I don't know. It kind of depends on what we decide we want to record next. And if it's that, we'll probably not immediately go right into Mass Effect 2. Do you have any others that you're interested in recording? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. Actually, so there's a bunch of old games that we're going to play. Um, like which ones? Because that can be Oregon very Trail. Oh, like um, old games. And then what's that one? I think it's a point and click kind of d- like mystery adventure thing. I think it's called Mist or The Mist. Yeah, Mist. Yeah, we're going to play that, I believe, because I think that's a game that Caitlin said she's like good at and played a million times. So we're going to we're going to flip gonna the controller go all the way back to Oregon Trail. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we were talking about games we were nostalgic for on one recording. And I was like, oh, my gosh, next playthrough, Oregon Trail. We're I doing mean, it. Really, the one that blew my mind that this is not a joke was Oregon Trail 3D is we had that on the computer. And yeah, yeah. That- that was legit. You could like go hunting and like actually. Oh shoot. yeah, yeah. That's Oregon the one Trail. I played. Okay, that's the one you're going to play. Well, that's the one. I, that's the one I played growing up, and that is the one that I would like to play. Okay. I thought you were talking about like the old, old, like the black screen. I, like, I never played pixel. that one. Okay. Honestly. Yeah, that's, neither, that's just not the one my school had. My it's school not the one I had, had it, but no one played it because Oregon Trail 3D was out. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's that's how it was for me. Is yeah. I think I'm a little bit too. That in SimCity 2000. Like yeah. Oh my gosh, did you get to play SimCity in school? Yeah, brah. Oh, was... I loved it so much. Dude. And there was this other like education game, um, Gadgets and Gizmos, which was really fun. You had to go. Yeah! Okay, yeah, I'm I glad that, that finally I'm talking to someone who knows what I'm talking about. Oh my gosh, wait, no, I need to Google that, look at pictures of it right now, it but I'm probably pretty sure doesn't I hold up, but yeah, that was gadgets. Yeah, and you had gizmos. to go around and find a bunch like solve these like math problems to get these gadgets and gizmos to build a vehicle to like beat the evil professor dude in a race of some sort. But yeah, it was that. Oh, yes. Okay, good. Ah. I am so glad. Ah. Finally, you're like one of the first few people where I've said that. They're like, yes, I know what it is without me explaining. It's like, yes. The other one that I have super fond memories of is Math Blasters. Did you ever yes, play that? Yes, Math Blasters. Oh, yeah. Man, I would love to go back and play some of the. Well, I could destroy those games because I'm actually really good <laughs> at math now, but I would love to go back and play Math Blaster. 
Like, that's how I got so good at my times tables and stuff, was playing that stupid game, like, beating the, like, last boss of ship thing and just, like, slamming down, like, the answers. Oh, gosh. There were a ton of those games when we were growing yeah, up, too. Yeah, there's a bunch of educational games. Like, I don't think there's as many anymore. Maybe it's just because I'm older and not looking out for it that I don't think there are. Yeah, I don't know. Actually, I'd be curious to ask somebody. Because yeah. I know Minecraft, I think, is now kind of the yeah. educational game. Kind of. Minecraft, but you can... See, but the educational games railroad you into learning stuff. Minecraft, yeah, you don't they have were... to learn stuff to play Minecraft. Yeah, I think that most educational games, I think it's sort of worse design, but they were pretty blatantly just an excuse to make you do math. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Math Blaster was fun, though. Like, I got to fly around to, like, collect things. and Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, no, Math Blaster was great. There's Yeah, and then there's a bunch of, like, one. The typing games, actually, is why I can type so fast oh, now. Oh, I hated those. Do you know how I learned how to type? Chicken pecking? No, AIM. Oh, yeah. AIM. Yeah, no, I really like to bother people because I have a very high typing rate. So I would like try to send as many messages as I could before they sent one and be that guy. It's like, not, I'm not talking about like one or two words. I'm talking like full sentences, just like type it as fast as possible because I'm that guy. But yeah, yeah, no, that's the exciting life of Jordan when he was a kid doing typing games and annoying his friends. But, oh, hey, n no, those typing games were the best, like, those were the best days of school, though. Oh, yeah. You know, yeah. when you didn't do anything. Dude, I love <laughs> computer lab anything. days. Yeah, where you just sit down and play games, and they're like, you're learning stuff. It's like, I'm not, though, I'm playing games. And then crap, at the end of the day, it's like, I was learning stuff. Crap. But anyways, is that all you got for what you've been doing? Um, I, I don't know, Jordan. I want to hear your thing, and then I might have something else. We'll of see. Course. It, dep oh, depends on, oh, it depends on what you want to talk about. I feel like I monopolize the talking time. I mean, you always do it. It's fine, because I like hearing about your stuff, and I usually only do, like, one thing every week. Um, actually, this is two things, but the first one I'll get to, again, is going to push the manga Dr. Stone, the one where they're, like... Humanity was petrified, and then the guy wakes, the scientist kid wakes up and is trying to restart civilization through his knowledge of science. And it's really cool because all the science, at least to my knowledge, is real. Um, because I know, I don't know all of it, but I know a lot of the stuff that, like, the theories that he's talking about are real. So, like, there is a scene where they have to go and they're trying to make an antibiotic in order to save the priestess lady. And so they go in, they have to get sulfuric acid. They have to do all this different stuff. And it's like slowly trying to build these different things that we all take for granted. And like to get the sulfuric acid, he had to make a gas mask because it's poisonous. And just there's, it's, a really cool, well thought out manga, but it's still it's still shonen, so you get a little bit of like the Naruto ish type feel. I'm not saying it's Naruto, but you get that like, yeah, we can do it if we <laughs> think hard enough. But I it's was not. I was gonna say now that I'm thinking about it, that is kind of a pretty nerd power fantasy, isn't it? Yes, a hundred, a hundred percent nerd power fantasy. Um, but yeah, no, it's actually real. It's really cool, and it's less of like about oh yeah, I have to beat up this big bad guy, and more about like thinking your way out of each problem and like just coming up with a way to beat each problem. And it's really cool, and I'm loving it so far. Apparently, the manga's come as a manga. Anime is coming out at the same time, but I'm just blasting through the manga because I don't have time to sit down and watch an anime. Um. <laughs> And speaking of sitting down and watching anime, the other thing I did is this weekend I watched um, the two original Ghost in the Shell movies, Ghost in the Shell, and then Ghost in the Shell 2, Innocence. Ghost, I forgot how great the original Ghost in the Shell was. 
just, it's really good. It's yeah. really fantastic. And then that really weird, creepy part at the end where she's talking to the puppet master. Well, the puppet master is talking to her inside her brain. It's just this really weird talk. I forgot just how cool all of that was set up. And then Ghost in the Shell 2 Innocence just... It was fine. Should I should I watch that? Like, if you want to, it's, time? it's more following um, Bato and Togusa than anything else, and it's just it's kind. I would say almost noir type thing, but it's, yeah, it's, I really like Bato as a character. It, I thought it was fine. I was like, he's one of my favorites. The appeal to me for Ghost in the Shell is the major and how she interacts with the team, and you get a lot of that more in standalone and the actual animes that came out rather than just the movies. And yeah, so when well, it's she's... just focusing on Major and Bato and Bato and Toga, so you lose the whole the knit together team and how they each interact in their own th- ways. She's way more inhuman in the movies than she is in the show. Yeah. Oh, in 100%. the show, I feel that it's more that it's indicating how human she is despite being almost fully a robot. Yeah. Whereas in the movies, she's a weird robot, and everyone acts like she's in a the weird movie. Robot. And the thing is, because I still haven't gone back and watched the Scarlett Johansson thing again because I don't ever want to see it again, and I can't bring myself to watch it. But in the movie, Scarlett Johansson acted like, "Am I human or am I robot?" And it was very stiff. But in the anime, her character was inhuman, but that wasn't the sole point. Like she still acted and behaved as. A robot yeah. being human rather than a robot not knowing what a human is. Like, she was, like, still trying to fit the role a yeah. bit. And then still wondering about, like, who she really... Like, still at the same time wondering about who she really was. Which I thought was more... Because you get more of a human character than just, Am I human or robot? I don't know, you know anything. It really <laughs> reminds me a lot of Hellboy in some ways. And my complaints with Hellboy... Um, because it just depends on how, I don't know if self-actualized is the right term, but, um, you know, in the movies for Hellboy, he's always conflicted about his identity because Hellboy is the son of the devil and he kills monsters and he's violent. And then there's always, you know, Hellboy having these moral dilemmas where he's like, I don't know if I'm a good guy or a bad guy. I don't know if I'm doing the right thing. My dad's turned me into a weapon. I'm a monster and I'm killing monsters and I'm betraying my own people. And then you read the comic book and there's exactly none of that. Yeah. Hellboy has a very strong and self-motivated and decided moral compass. And, you know, it's always in the movies, it's always, you know, my dad was a great supernatural detective and I took after him. And in the comic books, Hellboy's the greatest supernatural detective, not Professor Broom. Yeah. Like Hellboy, the guy who's now almost as old as his adoptive father is the one who knows all this stuff and goes on all these adventures. And he does it because he believes in what he's doing. (laughs) And there is questions about his identity and it does explore the fact that he is a demon and what that means to him. I was just going to say, there's not that self doubt. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, that's a great analog for how they pulled the ghost in the shell movie versus the anime, the animated movie and the rest of the animates. Like she knows who she is still trying to figure it out, but that's not the whole story of, I don't know who I am. What is this? Like in acting so robotic and not even in to the point where you buy a prostitute just to touch their face like that. It was not well-prepared. I still will talk about how much I hate that movie so much, but yeah, no, it's bad. It's, it was not a good movie. Ghost of the Shell. Then I watched, 
um, a lot of standalone conflicts because like they have the main story of standalone like compiled into two well the two story arcs compiled into two movies so i just watched this movie for standalone uh, and that's kind of nice because there's a lot of random side yeah and i kind of and i'm kind of miss some of the side episodes because i remember there was a couple like really good ones that i miss seeing but just getting the whole laughing man arc in a big like two hour movie was really cool to see again and like oh that'd be, be nostalgic for me because it's been i a long time i don't have time to sit down and watch 52 episodes of anime so watching the two like the two movies is going to be a lot better for me so yeah i hear you and then i never saw the movie that was made after standalone complex so i'm going to watch that and then eventually watch all of arise again and then watch the movie for that and then just complete finally have seen every single ghost of the shell property that exists because apparently they're making a new anime for netflix I don't oh, know really? if I'm happy about that or not. Oh, no, I saw that, didn't yeah, I? Yeah, I'm pretty sure I saw that. I don't know if it's going to be a remake of Standalone Complex or if it's just going to be a... Because it's, it's called Ghost in the Shell Standalone Complex, or SAC is what they're calling it. So it kind of scares me that they're just going to reboot Standalone. Which, yeah, if they do it right, fine. But it's, again, why are we doing all... It's the argument, as always, why are we doing all of these remakes? We don't need all of these remakes. I'm so tired of all of these remakes. <laughs> you can easily f- just put old standalone complex back on Netflix and boom, people will watch it again. Surprise! Yeah. I mean, I understand why Netflix wants to have their own and popular shows. I mean, I'm going to watch but it. Unless it's it does, reviews of terrible, I'm going to watch it. <laughs> it does suck that it's always just remakes on top of remakes on top of remakes. Remakes, sure. re- live actions, adaptations. I'm tired of it. I just want new... Well, I mean, they are making a ton of new stuff, which I haven't had the chance to watch. Like, I guess I can't complain. Oh, man, a lot of it has looked really bad lately. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I, need, I haven't even been on. I watched the second season of Disenchantment, too. Like, I haven't I, seen I had it in yet. the background. It was okay. I didn't think it was great i didn't think it was bad it's just it was there it's tough it's really hard to follow up a show like futurama because it had so long to find its footing uh, and it's also weird to me that they still like have futurama references or like quotes from futurama in this show yeah he, he literally yells like um bite my shiny metal axe and like swings an axe and it's like <laughs> i it's like i appreciate it but at the same time it's like we're just it reusing. feels like they're stuck it's in like, the past it's like yeah. yeah we're just reusing what we've already like laughed about yeah, no, I get what you mean by that for sure. Yeah, I don't know. It, it's, I don't know. It, I I, crave I think the king is the same voice as Bender. Is why I think they keep. Yeah, doing, yeah, okay. Yeah, but yeah. Anywho, um, you ready for the episode, or you got anything else? Well, okay. So here's my here's my kind of dual dual other things. Uh-uh. I um recently got back into a book that I had started. It is a gender swap of Sherlock. Holmes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm guessing you did that because of the romance episode last week. Um, kind of. Um, we'll just say yes. There's a more long because your your, for why. your James Bond story kind of reminded me of when you told me about that story. I think in literally episode nine. <laughs> yeah, like a long but, time ago. So here's my problem with with the book. It know. is a British society book. You know, it's set during the times of High British or ri- huh? Yeah, and I hate that. Yep, I know. But you I do. like when books make fun of it. <laughs> and the first book was pretty definitely making fun of it, and all of the characters were kind of in on it. And then in the second book, a lot of those characters that kind of seemed to hate on society just started to suck and started to kind of become a part of it in a weird way. 
And so the the character specifically that I'm talking about, he, he was like my favorite character in the first book, is this police investigator who's married and um, he married a woman that was too good for him, technically, by like societal rules. She is more wealthy than him and from a better family. But since he became a police inspector, that got him enough... Um, clout that he could marry this woman that he fell in love with yeah. and their relationship was cool because they lived within a very sexist society and performed those roles but they both kind of knew it and didn't treat each other that way outside of when they had to so when they were at home by themselves they that's not how they acted to each other. They didn't follow these really rigid rules. The uh, in, the inspector didn't treat his wife like property. He treated her like an equal. And they had a very wholesome and, yeah. I guess, kind of modern feeling relationship in a way that was really encouraging. It was nice to see that, you know, love could exist even at this time when it was so difficult to kind of maneuver through all these social structures and rules, right? Mm -hmm. The second book, his wife's like, oh, I think I might want to get a job. And he loses his mind. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> and he's just like, oh. I hate my wife. I hate my life. I don't want her to go to work. I'm like, oh, man. I understand because of the time period, but I'm so tired. Well, it just wasn't that. the way that they wrote his character. Like, I thought that he was going to be... Because there's other male characters that are society pigs that it, treat women like I'm, property. I'm so, I'm so tired of that storyline, though. Like, it's yeah. It's old hat. I'm tired. And and that was kind of what I found so disappointing about it, is I was like, well, I thought he was going to be different, you know? Yeah, I thought and then that he that's wasn't. What the, the point of the story was going to be is that there you could see different levels of how people interacted with, you know, high society, that there are some people that did it because... They didn't want to deal with the social fallout, but they didn't believe in it. And then there are some people that did believe in it, and you could see who had better relationships. And then it's just like, no, it's just not about that. And then, I don't know, the, just everything that... All of the little romantic subplots, I didn't like the way they handled, and I didn't like the way the characters behaved. It just... It felt like everyone took a step backwards so they could have character growth at a later time. Yeah. Um, and so I, I didn't love that, but eh. so then the other thing is I read, I re listened to a book, which I don't do frequently. Um, I listened to the first Dresden files. Oh, How was and that? didn't I also start that like within the last year? No, 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 no. I've finished that a long time ago. I've, I've been keeping up. Oh no, that. no. It was just cause you mentioned it on an episode. No, sorry. I was thinking we talked when we talked about magic. I remember you talking about it. Sorry. I have such a love-hate relationship with that book. Why? Like, because I started listening to it and immediately remembered why it's a really good book and why it's a really terrible book. <laughs> the, the way women are portrayed in it is so bad and so problematic and not remotely self-critical. Like, it's just not... That's not what it's doing. The main character is very sexist and it never feels like anything bad happens to him as a result yeah um but then at the same time the way they craft the the way the world is crafted and the way magic works is so much fun because like the main character is supposed to be a really good wizard and he almost never uses magic he's just clever and that's like half the battle is it's like well yeah okay i could summon a firestorm and destroy the earth but that's kind of 
or I could just punch you in the face, you yeah. know? It's like a guy threatens him and he doesn't pull out a wand, he just gets a gun. <laughs> it's like <laughs> No, jeez. First time he gets in a fight with another wizard, he just sucker punches him and runs away. <laughs> the next time he gets a gets in a fight with a wizard, he breaks a chair over his head and runs away. <laughs> Oh jeez! He's like, I could have a magic duel with this guy. I would probably lose, so I'm gonna hit him with a chair. <laughs> like, oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I just, I love those types of like blue collar, um, supernatural heroes, which is another fun thing about Hellboy. You but really yeah, love I, Hellboy, dude. I do. He's the. It's one of my favorite stories. I, I really and, need to go back and finish it. I really do. Oh, it's so the end of it is so good. It's so good and it's really weird I know and they it doesn't just release like all the omnibuses, all the like collections of it. Yeah, and I like I haven't gone through all of that. Like I I have not read every ounce of Hellboy that has ever been made or anything. Oh, you're not doing what I'm doing with Ghost of the Shell where you just pick the property <laughs> the and just money. read and watch literally everything that exists. Holy crap, there's so much. Yeah, I know. And, and like I, I I need to I just want to sit down with it because you talk about it so much and like it sounds so good. I just need to sit down and just read read it all. It, it sticks the landing and for me that's very important. Yeah, it is um, very important. There are a couple things especially of recent that i read that just completely botched the ending and i was like well why did i even read this the end <laughs> literally didn't justify the means it literally just ruined everything that we worked up for thanks guys yeah you, you killed it for me but either who um it's time to get to the show cody you talked way too much sorry <laughs> no bro it's fine i'm kidding cody the world is short this, this week, should be so. this should be an easy one for you because i did say it earlier in the episode what was last week Romance world. Good. It's like, it's like if you don't get it, it's like I said it, and I don't know what else I could do to help you out. But so, um, yeah, last week <sighs> was romance world, and this week I rolled for a world, well, a role prompt that was sent in to us by a listener, which was Mister Ginger Ninja sent in world shaped like a pyramid. This one was hard for me to write. <laughs> yep. Uh, mine was weird. I feel like we're hitting, we're now getting to more because we originally started with like really broad problems, like post-apocalyptic to magic to magic science to like um where you're not the apex predator, like very broad prompts, and now we're narrowing it down to like very <laughs> specific things, and like it's so it's getting a little bit harder to write some of these, but I still enjoy doing it because it's like how am I gonna get something that's I'm not saying it's a pyramid, and guess what now. We have magic, and we just did a magic world. I don't want to <laughs> just do that. So I tried to come up with something that could be unique for this world, and I don't think I landed it. <laughs> I, I tried. So we'll see. Well, I like this world, Jordan, though. I like this world. I know how you feel about feeling like you maybe didn't stick the landing. Um, Ooh. I, I also sort of have that feeling. So D- Did you just roll? Yeah. It feels like you just Yeah, rolled. I, I just rolled, and that's what the ooh was for. What do you roll, Cody? I rolled a five. How did I beat you? I rolled a I nine. Know. I thought that was well, too low. Nope. You get to go oh, first. The, the reason I said, ugh, because I thought it was a six, but then I saw the line was under <laughs> the nine. So I would have beat well, you either way. Yeah, I was going to say, either way, man. Either way, I win. All I do is win. Well, actually, no, I spent a month of losing. Now we're back. I love how it can't just be like back and forth, how it's you winning like multiple times in a row and then me winning like multiple times in a row. It's never a back and forth. Nope. It's always like f- it's five or nothing. We need to start having modifiers. You know? I mean, we can start doing that. I don't know what modifiers we would add. I don't know, but I think your dexterity is better than mine. 
I guess. I like. I don't know. I think my strength is also better than yours. Whoa! I didn't say that. And I my, said your dexterity. And I think my charisma. And I, I just I, I'll, I'll like give, actually. I'll give you. I will nimble. give you charisma and intelligence. I don't know if I would give myself intelligence. I, I think you get. I, well, do you definitely get charisma. I'm just more loud than I am anything. <laughs> <laughs> like it's not charismatic if I'm just screaming at someone. Uh, so. <laughs> Anywho, um, so yeah, this is my world. Um, I, God, I get into it as I always do with like having a point behind these stupid worlds. But my world is called the Tomb of Greed. Okay, <laughs> I'm listening. And this character that's gonna be leading us in for most of this is called Juan Sheevan. And then I realized that I spelled his name. His name's Sheevan. Juan Sheevan is his last name. You know that's Emperor Palpatine's first name, right? Wait, really? Yeah, his name's Sheevan. I just made up Pal- a word. I didn't do it after Pal. Oh my god. Palpatine. No, okay. His name's Sheev Palpatine. She- okay. Not Sheevan. So yeah, his name is Sheevan. Haha. <laughs> yeah. No. Okay. Anyhow. We have come across an anomaly, a planet like we have never seen before. It is shaped like a pyramid. Top side is flat, and as you move down the planet, its craggy rock surface narrows to a point. From the center of this planet, a hollow white light gently rises from a deep hole and pulls in the sky to form a sun-like light source for the topside area. We believe this light to also be the source of the atmosphere in the world. We could not help but land on the surface of this planet to explore such an anomaly. The surface was a rough, rocky desert with very few signs of life. Lizards and insects lived amongst the rocks, but not much more. As we edged close to the light at the center, we noticed that the hole was much larger than we previously thought. Peeking over the edge, we saw something fascinating. The landscape of this planet continued on the inside as well. A kilometer or so below us was a canyon-like surface with trees, steppe grass, animal life, and rivers that flowed through. But again, the hole continued further. We called these steps down into the pyramid layers. The first layer being the surface we landed on, and so on for what seemed to be an eternity. The third layer was much like the first two, continuing the craggy rock surface and a few animals here and there, but the fourth layer was a forested area. We noticed that each layer could be a different biome. They ranged from deserts to tundras to swamps and rainforest. Every layer was slightly different from the last. We requested more explorers, some to continue exploring the first few layers, and some that would lead an expedition further below. The hope was that we would be able to leave a few people on each layer to explore what came before. I, of course, was denied and forced to stay up above and explore the areas we had already found. I regret not being given the chance to continue further down, but am happy with our findings. In the rocks that we mined, we found gold and silver veins, as well as rare gems and stones. We had found enough that we were given permission to continue exploring this planet. Those traveling further below also found great treasures as well, veins of diamonds and otherworldly metals that we could study. It seemed that this world was ripe for exploring, almost like the dungeon games that we play that we would play when we were young. But of course, that is when we found that the further down you go, the more dangerous things get. I'm almost done and you can say whatever you're going to say. According to the reports, the climates would get much harsher, the animals became more deadly, food was scarce, and the terrain was hard to traverse. The distance between layers became much greater, making it hard to make it from layer to layer, but using our technology, we can make it. 
It seems like there are interferences in this world that disturb some of our machines, so we cannot just use gliders to travel to the bottom of the pyramid. We have to traverse by foot and other climbing gear to continue down. We learned that the further down you go, the less likely you are to return. But one day soon, I hope to continue down and hopefully find what secrets this world holds. Okay, what terrible thing are you going to say about my world? No, nothing terrible. I'm just a little bit worried we did something similar, oh, no. but it's okay. Cody, no. It's okay. No. No. Well, I'll tell you based on what you say for this first round if it's similar. Also, space I'm sorry, but I looked at your last week world. When you said you had nine pages, that wasn't really nine pages. If you compiled all of that, that was more like four pages. How was it not nine pages? There was a lot of spacing and like <laughs> there was like oh. half half pages in there. It's like Cody, you were had like more like six pages. Well, usually I have four pages spaced like that at most. So, anyways, unspaced. <laughs> Your turn. You know, Jordan, I just want to call attention to these spaces that you do in the middle of our recording. What? Where you uh you say space and then you edit out a part where you say something mean to me to make that yourself wasn't seem mean. like you're not mean. I was Whatever. just saying I noticed that you wrote a lot less when you said nine pages. So when I have nine pages, that is literally the whole thing is just covered in words. Your nine pages, you had half pages of like great spaces. So you know Whatever. what? Whatever, quit, we'll, quit 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 dick measure we'll, with me, alright? We will leave it in. I said that I looked at Cody's world from last week, and I noticed that it wasn't actually nine pages. And that's not a bad thing. I was just saying that you like thought it was this huge thing, but it was, it was fine. It wasn't like we were going to take start five hours. No, I was Jordan? just saying that just it wasn't going to take like five hours to read the world. I wasn't trying to be mean to you. All right. All right. No, it's fine. Oh, okay, yes. It. Please twist my words, Cody. I'm going to. I mean, there's <laughs> I no you. doubt that's going to happen. All right, you ready? Bad. Section one, the grace of the old gods. Oh no, we wrote the same world. Who knows why in all the ages that have passed, we are not meant to question. We are not meant to dig or wonder. Here are the facts. Our world was remade for a reason I should not comprehend. It was made into a pyramid, something holy and majestic, <laughs> a thing of structure and form. And now we love the pyramid and the five lands. Is our world more challenging? Yes. Is it hard to go far from the gravitational wells? Also, yes. Do you run the very real possibility of falling off the edge of the world? Yes, all is as it should be. All right, so here's the deal with my world. It's a pyramid, and it's in space. One thing I, I want to mention is that I love how we both did the same thing. The world is shaped like a pyramid! So anyways, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> no, no, no. My whole world is all about the fact that the world's shaped like a pyramid. Yeah, I, I could tell. You said that you were going to kind of make fun of the prop. I could already see where you're doing this. So here's the deal. I thought about this. Gravity would be so screwy on this planet. Doesn't have because to be realistic. Diana's not here, so we could do whatever no, 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 we want. No, but Screw it you. matters for my world. Because here's the thing that everyone in my planet has to deal with every day. The further you get from the center of a face of the pyramid, the more gravity will start pulling you backwards towards that face. Does it have to like, be if realistic? You think of, 
shut up, Jordan. This is how it works in my world. So the further you get, like by the time you get to the edge, any edge or a point, you'll be being pulled straight down, basically. So walking away is walking uphill any way that you go, which means people congregate towards the centers of the five faces of the pyramid. Now, the pyramid itself is moving through space. It orbits a sun. Um, and it also rotates. So there is gravity, there are day-night cycles, there, and uh, years, right? So all of that is normal, despite the fact that it's shaped like a pyramid. However, well, how does in that oddity... Work? Huh? Well, how does that work, mister? I want to make my realistic. Oh, it, it gets explained okay. later, don't worry. Well, screw. I was trying to be mean. The other oddity with the world is it feels a little bit too angular. So is this a space oddity? No. Oh, it was a Bowie reference. Well, this is not a Bowie reference, Jordan. So, all right. This is my okay, turn to fine. talk. Okay, fine. Yes, I'm sorry. Ground control is major You Tom. had your I'm turn to up. talk. This is my turn to talk. This is the part where I talk about my world. We've done this like <laughs> Shut up, Cody. Times. Just do it. Oh, my God. All right. Are you sure? Am I allowed to? I'm leaving it in space of just silence. <laughs> just awkward, awkward silence. Just, like, just stare at you angrily? Yeah. Um, the only other oddity with the planet is things are very angular. So the way rivers turn and bend is never in flowing lines. They're always in right angles. The coasts are made up of right angles whenever water meets land. Anything that seems like a large, intentional landscape piece is usually very much cut in sharp lines. This has caused problems with things like flowing water. Water doesn't want to flow in right angles, so occasionally they have issues with flooding, like if there's odd weather, it's frequent that the landscape will kind of start to erode and fall apart because it doesn't seem like it's natural the way that it's built. And that is my first section on geography. Okay. I actually did the sections this week. Oh, too, so. I'm actually really happy about that. No, I, 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 w- I was like back to form. This is a back to form world for me where I actually did it in the stages we're supposed to. A return. I mean, you, you've been doing better about that, I just want to say. Last week wasn't, but you've been doing better about it. Well, yeah, last week was but, a world that I really liked. But that's so also week, last like, week was one where any world could technically be a romance world. So I think it needed to have a story in order to be a romance world. Anyways... So ours, I don't think ours are like the same at all. Well, similar. Okay, well, I think. Well, mine again. The square base of the pyramid is on the top, quote unquote, top side, and they're diving down into the rest of the pyramid. So it does narrow. I don't understand how there can be a top side to your planet. That just there isn't a top of the Earth because the Earth is round and there's no top to a sphere. Well, and technically, if you want to pull that bullcrap, technically the North is the top. Well, but it's... Yeah, I understand your bullcrap, Cody. So, yeah, no top in space, but the gravity pulls down, so that's where the top is. is So, gravity pulls... What if you're on the underside of the pyramid? You're not, because you're traveling inside it. Because there's not really land for you to traverse on the outside. It's really Yeah, but what if I walked on the outside of the pyramid? You know what? Hey, Cody, screw you. Stop... Doesn't have to be realistic. Go screw yourself. I hate you. I hate you. I'm done doing this show with you. I'm so (laughs) done doing this show with you. I'm just curious about the gravity Episode 60. uh, 60, I don't even know what I'm saying. Episode 67 is the last episode. 
We're done. Well, that's sad because there's a bunch of worlds that I still oh, want to do. Oh, yeah. You're not doing it because <laughs> we're done. <laughs> because I said that you reinvented gravity. I Hey, remember our reinvent physics world that's on the list? Yeah, this is, I'm just do, double timing it today. There's <laughs> 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 both. Anyways, Flora and Fauna. This is coming from Juan Sheevan again. Word of our findings spread throughout the capital in our home world. Thus, many amateur explorers volunteer to be given the opportunity to find the treasures this world holds. Because of this, the government set up a small base of operations on Topside. Hundreds of people were sent to join us and explore the first few layers, though some were given permission to explore deeper. I put the semicolon in the wrong place. (laughs) They all had dreams of keeping the treasures they found and becoming rich, but the government took items that were above a certain value. With the new influx of people, I was finally allowed to explore further down. Ecstatic, I took a team of 18 with me to catch up with the original team that started the expedition down. Rumors said that they ran into trouble and only half the original team remained, but that didn't scare me. The further down we went, the more animals we began to see. As the walls of the exterior of this world narrowed, the density of animals increased. But, as previous reports stated, the animals became more hostile the further down we got. The light at the center we thought was some type of energy, but it seemed to be dangerous as well. It has mutated some of the animals and driven them insane, driving them to become hostile with us when we see them. Due to the mutations, we have seen some monstrosities like a giant 15-foot-tall two-headed bear, dragons, and hawks whose wings span unmeasurable distance, and even large spiders that swarm. Some of the dangerous animals, such as the hawks and the dragons, come up from the lower levels to feed. With our technology, we have fended these off, but they are becoming more dangerous as we continue further down. We thought we could have a break, but even the trees have become dangerous. We used to be able to find fruits and plants we could consume, but now most are dangerous. We had to forage in layers above to bring down edible food with us below. I don't write this in order to strike fear, but some plants can eat you. Much like the Venus flytrap, they lure you in and slowly close behind you, trapping and killing you. Thorns can poison, roots can strangle, and some plants have deteriorated the ground so much you can fall through to your death. It is dangerous, but I think it is worth it. We have found many new treasures unlike anything we have ever found on our own planets. Gems and stones that go way further than what we found above. We found stones that would produce lights or negate the poisons. We found compasses that would point us to new treasures, weapons that would not break, all of these new amazing treasures. I carry a sword with me that can slice through titanium in a single stroke. Anything the mind can imagine is a possibility down here. Then we found something I was not expecting on layer 21. It was the remnants of another human settlement. But of course, there was no one to be found. We couldn't even find our own men. Just this settlement. At this point, since the reports stopped coming, I would, I could only assume that the rumors were true and our men had been killed by the harsh world that exists down here. And that is the end of my second part. I'm getting a very strong Sword Art Online vibe now that I'm hearing. I mean, I not necessarily based it off Sword Art Online, but I did base it off of dungeon crawling in general. Yeah. 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 Uh, well, I, I literally even said that in the first thing. It's like, this is like the dungeon games that we would play as kids. Yeah. yeah like, I base our it on the dungeon. Are not the s- 
our worlds are not identical, but there are some similarities, and you'll you'll see what I mean at the end. All right. And there was also a manga that I based this off of as well, but we're not going to have to talk about it. Second section is called Utopia. Utopia. Not only have the gods blessed us with a perfect world carefully planned to be perfect for us, they have also blessed us with a garden. It is mysterious. For some reason, everything grows in sharp, precise right angles. Oh, I have seen paintings of the world when it was newborn, every tree placed and measured as if it were meant to be painted. The creatures, too, curious things, there are only a few, and, well, their population does tend to grow. Sorry, I lost my place because I was gesticulating too wildly. I noticed. (laughs) But so... Happy are these wide-eyed, perfect little bunnies and cows and piggies. We've never seen a one harmed, but then there are mysteries. Some nights when the animals have grown too many and too wild, a red moon rises. On those nights we know to hide and wait, and in the morning there is a new Eden. Now, some fools think that our world needs help. And they are fools, I say. They say that we do not have what they call a stable ecosystem. They say that animals are meant to kill each other. They say having only herbivores cannot last forever. Eventually, they will starve. And that the red moon is unnatural. They say that all the sharp angles of the forests and the streams and the lakes are impossible. They also say that the edges should not be so barren. But we all know that no one is meant to live on a peak. Each face of our world is perfect and self-contained. Alright, so, the environment is weirdly and impossibly minimalistic in a way that is broken. So there is not a diverse enough ecosystem for it to function. And the trees, the way they grow naturally, doesn't work very well after they are left to grow. So the animals have a reset built in. Just every so often, a red moon rises, and then most of the animals are killed. The people never see this happen, But they all kind of know it does. It's just every so often, boom, we gotta hard reset these animals. Because they only have cuddly mammals and nothing else. The other downside of this is the nature of having these trees grow the way that they do. They don't mesh together well. And there's also, again, not enough diversity. So it's very pretty to look at. But after it's grown for a while, the trees choke themselves out. The grass is not able to be like maintained for years and years and years to come so like i said everything tends to focus around these wells where gravity is fairly consistent and walking is possible also those areas are now one overgrown and two haunted by these red moons where every once in a while people have to go inside and hide and wait for like the mass extinction of most of the animals because there's nothing to stop them from reproducing sorry i need to scroll down on my notes the other 
Oh, uh, sorry. Nope. <laughs> you okay? Brain just quit working. Yeah, I, sorry, I, I, I literally watched that this happen. Week. You literally just the other it just froze completely. I thought the freaking computer froze. Was how bad that was. The other, <laughs> it's like <laughs> Cody. Yeah, we're just having brain short circuit. Anyways, <laughs> the faces of the of the pyramid. Each one of them is a unique and fairly homogenous biome in a way that again feels very arbitrary. So there's a jungle, there's a swamp, there's plains, there's a coastal area, and there's an islandy area. What? That's very similar to what I did, but anyways. Oh. Um in a way that again feels very intentional almost so there's not exactly an explicable reason for why this is the way nature formed it doesn't like you know on our planet you can see like shifts in tectonics or the way the moon pulls our oceans or the way water flows all kind of dictates the way the land was formed Mm -hmm. there's none of that natural history to tell the people that live on this planet why the planet looks the way that it does even um, and well, and we'll kind of touch on this in the next in section, the section, even with the history. birth. Well, and I guess what I'll say is even with the birth of more modern technology, the people on this planet cannot explain why it looks the way that it does. All right. That's end of section two. All right. So my next section, the society history, um, again, from the same, I only really switch up the characters at the end of this section in next section. So again, this is from Juan Shivan. on the 23rd layer is where we found him. Cowered in a dark corridor was a man huddled over a shining green gem. When we approached him, he panicked, not wanting us to touch his treasure. We asked where he came from and if he was one of the people who originally lived in this planet. No, he responded. No one has ever lived here. He was just an explorer like us, part of an expedition sent decades ago by a government much like ours on the other side of the galaxy. But of course, after knowing the dangers of this world, his government abandoned him and his people who made settlements in order to further explore this world. They were eventually wiped out by the monstrous animals, but not before he found this green gem. I asked what this gem was, and he said I would have to get close to see. And that's when he stabbed me in the chest. (laughs) The last thing I remember was fading away, and then a bright green light, and everything was back to normal. He explained that the gem was life itself and the reason he was able to live here for a hundred years without dying. But of course, my men envied that gem, lusted for it, wanting to bring it back to topside and show the world what wondrous treasures exist down below. They thought they could be the ones to cure death, to change the galaxy. But I just wanted to move on and find our own treasures, maybe something even better than the life gem. At night, when me and two others were away, they surrounded him, killed him for his treasure, and headed back topside, leaving me and the other two to continue the expedition. God only knows what will happen when they get back topside, but I will remain down here, pushing forward. I fear I will become like that man, lost to this world, captivated by some treasure, completely lost to my own greed. This next part comes from Mammoth, the Tomb of Greed. I am the light of this world. I exist here at the bottom point of the pyramid, the tomb of greed. I am Mammoth, and in human terms, I am a god of light, a being that creates other worlds. I created this pyramid to test the limits of mankind. How far would man be willing to go for simple treasures? 
every level, every step becomes more difficult for man to survive. Every breath becomes an ordeal. At deeper layers, the miasma of the deep plagues the land, and the beasts that I have created roam, only seeking the blood of man. Seeing the horrors in front of them, would man still be willing to push forward? The answer is always yes. As long as there is a goal or a treasure waiting for them, they will continue down into the abyss. Scattered throughout the land, I have created many artifacts to be collected, some that could even bend reality. Knowing that these exist, man still pushes downward to meet me here at the 50th layer, the tomb of greed. If a human makes it here before granting them what they wish, I will ask them, was all this pain worth it? And that's the end of my section. I I like what you did there. I appreciate it. I think that's... I think that's a fun. I, I I like that the pyramid was kind of used as a um, like kind of a plot device. You know, it all funnels down towards this one place. I think I think that was a cool way to utilize a pyramid. Um. Anyways, here's what I did. Well, and I, I like the fact that like I made it so. Oh, the people keep going back because of their own human greed, and like this is what this place was yeah. for was to test humans and how greedy they can be, and so that's why they saw this item and their own greed drove them to kill this dude and come back up, and then his own like greed. He wasn't a murderer, but still his own greed drove him to keep going down further. Anyways, yep, I like it. I love it. I'm a fan, Jordan. Section three is called the Curse of the Old Gods. I thought you were gonna say the Curse Gather- of the Old Guy. No, okay. Curse of the Old Gods. The Curse of the Old Guy, you know? Uh, hello, I'm the Old Guy. Sorry, shutting up. Done, done, done. Gather round and let me spin you a tale of curses and hate. I would like to tell you when our world was carved up and constructed into this abomination, but I cannot say. What the heck, The man? old gods burned our history. I would like to tell you why they did what they did. So you didn't have to write a but history the section? Old, this, is his, this, is, this took place in the past, kind okay, of. You'll see Sorry, what I mean. But they never graced us with an explanation. But here is my story. Here is my theory. The old gods are no gods at all. They are just sociopathic, egotistical humans, just like me and just like all of you. Oh, I know this is terrible to say, so let them strike me down. No, of course not, old gods. (laughs) No, just evil men that thought we were nothing more than an experiment. Well, they played with our lives... And they played with our world, and they made us into lab rats, and they wanted to see how we would squirm. They divided us up so we would be isolated and paranoid. But those from other faces, they are just like us. Victims of stupid and powerful humans that decided we are toys. I am done fighting with unknown people that should be allies. Our technology is growing fast. Fast enough, we might have found a way to reach those that corrupted our home. We may not know much about who we are, or why we are here, 
or the reason our so-called old gods had to do what they did. All I know is I am pissed. (laughs) So, let's say we show the ancient fools that these lab rats have teeth. Okay, so. Yes, please explain. Throughout history, the five faces have never trusted each other, but this didn't really matter until fairly recently. Traveling from a face to another face is near impossible, right? Gravity is pulling you down. Basically, to get to another face, you have to climb straight up a mountain and then straight back down a mountain. And for some reason, those mountains are totally barren and no life can live there. So it was rare and impossible for a long time until technology advanced to the point where it became possible to get there, like food storage, your flight eventually made it much easier. These are the things that allowed it to, that allowed that kind of travel to become possible. However, looking backwards, the society has never known much about itself. So the oldest books that they have, the oldest recorded histories that are accessible to any of the faces are all written in the language that everyone speaks now. That is weird. (laughs) That would basically be the equivalent of only having about 300 years of history books. And the society that they live in is not 300 years after cavemen. Okay. So the common theory, there's sort of two theories, right? There, there was religion in this world and still is. There's kind of three different types now. Um, the old gods, as they are called, were called the five faces of war. And it was basically the idea that each face had a god and those gods were at war. And that is kind of the inspiration for like the kind of tribal paranoia that just led to skirmishes as soon as people saw other people yeah. that weren't them. Eventually, that kind of morphed into a sort of monotheism where they were like, no, there's only one deity and it has five different characteristics that are each represented on the five faces of the planet. And lately now, what has become fashionable is kind of a a, a hate, just hatred. <laughs> the modern philosophy is one of hate, which is what this guy was telling. So- People have kind of wised up to the fact that the world is not meant to sustain life and is impossible. And there's enough indications of a fairly recent tampering that people kind of know that they were placed here. Like, science has pretty infallibly shown this world was made and then humanity was placed at a certain point in society. And then that's their oldest history and it's grown since then. Sorry, I'm just reading through some of my notes here. Yeah, so... When the when each civilization was first founded, they were all founded as kind of cliches, which is another thing that people now see as an oddity. That each one of the faces, kind of like I said above, how each one of them is just a unique and kind of perfect example of one type of environment, whether that's like a jungle, a swamp, plains, coastal, or island. The same thing is true for the societies. They feel sort of cliche in a way like oh here's our stock this kind of society here's our stock this kind of society and they don't nothing feels like it grew organically so that is society throughout most of its history was basically it slowly starting to realize that it was aberrant it was unnatural 
that this is how society formed. So I don't know if I missed it or if you're just specifically not telling. What are the old gods? Yeah, yeah, you'll find Okay, okay so that that's... is something that's going to happen. I thought you were just going to leave it at, oh, the old gods, and now here's society current. I didn't know you were actually getting into it. Cool. I'm, ex- yeah, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm very intrigued to see like what this is. This is very interesting. Um, wow, I'm already at the end. Wow, we are at the end of this. <laughs> I say at past an hour. <laughs> is it past an hour? How, Jordan? How? My world is short. Because we talked for 30 minutes up top. Oh, gosh, we got to stop doing that. <laughs> you were the one who talked most of the time. I feel like you talk too much, Jordan. I think it's How you. How dare you? Again, <laughs> podcast over. We're done. We're never doing another episode. <laughs> this is, I'm really happy. We made it to 67 before we broke up. It's great. <laughs> okay. Anyways, this comes from Thomas Everbore, the expedition director. We received a message from Shivan's expedition team that there was a dispute and half the team would be returning topside with treasure that could bring a man back to life. Well, that was before all of them were slaughtered by what was reported to be a T-Rex looking thing and the life gym was lost for pretty much ever. Oh well, we have found many treasures. Turns out the life gym was found below layer 20. Yes, he's supposed to be very nonchalant and uncaring about it. A T-Rex looking thing? Yes. You know all those T-Rex looking things we got around? I told you that. You know I told you there's about. mutated monstrosities in this world, so why wouldn't there be a T-Rex looking thing? T-Rex looking yeah. thing, yeah, I know. That's, it's like he's not a scientist, he's just a really uncaring, he's just in charge of this. Anywho, um, turns out the live gym was found below layer 20. Perfect. So the plan from here on is to send teams down to 20, create a base of operations down there. From there, we will send teams to the other 19 levels and scour them for any and all treasures that exist and clear them from all dangers. Of course, we have the manpower and the weapons to clear the area while staying safe. The hole at 20 will be gated off, and only those with proper authorization are allowed to continue any further. But of course, anything found down there belongs to the government and must be brought up for appraisal. Eventually, with time, we will be able to build a lift to easily take supplies and people up and down. But that is still far off. We have imposed a rarity level on all items found in the pyramid depths. depths. Rarity level 1 is anything from your gold, silver, simple gemstones, such as rubies and sapphires, and rare metals. That junk you can keep as it is so abundant. The government just takes 10% of your findings. That's not too bad, huh? Because of that, most people come here and just stay at the first few levels trying to make some cash. Level 2 is your weapons, your armor, and anything that helps us understand the depths better. Depending on the item, you can keep that. But of course, that is more of a renting system. If you leave the depths for good, that thing goes right back to the government. And level 3 are ultra-rare items, such as the life gem. The government gets those regardless. But we aren't completely greedy now, are we? If you find enough, we will appraise those items and let you keep one. That will be your special treasure, something that only you can use. And is also a 4-rent item. The more treasure you find, the higher your rank goes. You start as a rookie hunter, and most people stay that only aspiring to keep the golden gems they find. You know, all people are greedy at the core, but the more you find, you can make it all the way up to God Hunter. Only the top three ranks, Super, Master, and God, will be allowed past level 20. Those people are allowed to come and go in the depths as they please. 
Most are strong-willed researchers who hire a crew with them and want to study the depths. There are campsites and settlements down there now, but I stay up here because those places are icky. Uh, poisons, diseases, a life of constantly having to overcome obstacles is not my style. Outside of the scientists, others want the glory and to be heralded as heroes. And you know what? They are heroes. They are the lights that bring so many people to the pyramid and keep me in my job. It all started with that ambitious little, ambitious little dude, Juan Shivan and his crew. No one knows what happened to him. He probably made it to the bottom or just simply got eaten by something. Maybe that T-Rex looking thing. Oh, well, that stuff happens all the time here. <laughs> I, I just threw that in. Anywho. You can't keep saying T-Rex Anywho. Like it's a happy hunting. thing to say. And the last part comes from Juan Sheevan. I, I almost completely lost count. I think I have almost completely lost myself. Cosmo is dead. And it is only Atenio and I left. I think, I think we are at layer 40. The layers are getting narrow, so there is less to explore, but they are almost impossible to traverse. Miasma has sprouted from the ground, and we have almost run completely out of our oxygen supply. But hope comes in many forms. We were able to find artifacts that allow us to filter the poisoned air so we can dive further down. They required us to merge them with our bodies, a sacrifice I was willing to make. But I feel this artifact is sapping my life. We go further and further, but... At what cost? What happens when we make it to the bottom? Is my own life worth the pain I have been through on this expedition? Still, even though I question myself, I hear a voice. Come find me at the bottom. I will grant you whatever you seek. And for that, I must push on, even if it kills us both. And that is my world. I like Bleak. that. I like that he's still alive and just still diving. That's kind of a fun twist. Yeah, the T Rex looking thing didn't get him. <laughs> I really enjoyed the T Rex looking thing, and I I didn't think you would enjoy that. Like I just threw it in as like a throwaway, just for me to like no. giggle at and keep going. And then you actually <laughs> laughed at it. It's like ah oh, crap. Now I have to stop and address this. T Rex looking thing is my favorite thing you've ever said. <laughs> the T Rex looking thing. <laughs> Oh. It was really just one of those lines. I threw it in because I'm making this character like this uncaring kind of just their character. And then you thought it was funny. So I enjoy that. Anywho, your turn. I'm excited. Uh... Oh, I deleted my world. I can't go on. No! I don't remember what I was going to say. No! All right. Y- you ready? Yeah. The last section is called Stellar Arts. It's from a group of humans who decided to make this as an art installation, isn't it? The Stellar Arts. Who even bothers anymore doing something original? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've seen what abstract solar system these new kids are cooking up. Why bother making something beautiful when you can just make a mess and call it art? Just slap your signature right on whatever you want. Dude, I love this. Well, clients keep buying these piles of trash, so kids keep making them. Whatever. Now, don't get me wrong. My clients, on the other hand, still know when they want something professional done, they come to me. Someone who can make a system that dances. A system with some drama. We carve planets. We inflate suns. We maneuver stars. All to make something truly wondrous. 
And of course, these pompous, drooling businessmen types that buy my work to add to their collection. They have no idea what I do, but they at least respect a professional. Like, sorry. <laughs> so there's a problem. This is why I don't usually write stuff out. I, I get lost in my sentence and I'm just kind of rolling with it. And then I like lose my place. Hang on one second. Yeah, I oh, love that. Okay. Sorry. Silence. And just me laughing. Truly. These guys, we've told them so many times that what we make is real. And no matter what, they still don't get it. No one understands that the Cloisterverse is actually real life. The, clo- the Cloisterverse is just uh, the... Sorry. I'm going to make a Pokemon joke. It's just the Pokemon Cloister is just all of the beings of the world. The Cloisterverse. I said Cloister. You said Cloister. Did I? Well, it's supposed to be Cloister. He definitely said Cloister. It is meant to sound like claustrophobic. Okay, the Cloisterverse. Uh-uh. The Claustroverse is real life, and everything that's there is real. It moves faster, yeah, sure, and we can control it a little bit, but those seeds that we plant as stellar artists, even those arrogant, selfish, talentless, abstract stellar artists, build something that's real. Why? I remember my first masterwork. I still watch it from time to time. I took a planet, and I cut it into the shape of a pyramid. (gasps) I placed it into the Goldilocks zone, spun it up, and dropped life on it, on each one of the five faces. Every now and then, yeah, I look at it. It's just cool to see. I believe my creation has finally started exploring the stars. Maybe someday I'll meet them. (laughs) Oh, we can all dream. Okay, Your so, person's almost as terrible as you are. Yeah, he was supposed to be pretty kind of deplorable. So We just both made really can- terrible people characters in this one. <laughs> the Claustroverse is meant to be like a pocket universe that is tiny and like manufactured, but not a simulation. It is a real universe that they just... Science learned how to make tiny, and then it became a thing called stellar arts where people would construct fake solar systems and spin them up as works of art. And it has all of the same pitfalls as works of art have now, where it's like, there's different phases of it. And those different eras of art look down on each other, but it's also a product that gets sold to people. So you end up with these kind of like weird creative types making all of these worlds that then, are they like no they know that they're real worlds and that they're technically creating life but it's tiny so no one really takes it seriously because it's like the whole galaxy in the palm of your hand you know what i mean like that's how condensed it is but you can zoom in on these like little areas of it and then people just go in and like oh i can just make one shaped like a pyramid why not let's see what happens so my idea here is that at some point technology makes it possible to make this little pocket universe and then gives control of it to a terrible human being who makes a joke world. And then that joke world gets really mad and comes to kill him. (laughs) 
So you're just writing about what would happen if one of your worlds came alive and murdered you. Yeah. That's literally what you're writing. Just like mad. what would actually happen if our worlds like came to life, like and then killed us. Yeah, I mean, I deserved in some of my like more melancholic world. I definitely deserve to just get killed. I'm a terrible god, <laughs> and all of my gods I create are dicks. So. Have I ever made, like, a happy god that does, like, good things? No, I was gonna say, you seem to have a very complicated relationship with god. (laughs) Gods are just always mad at you. All my gods just hate each other. Well, hate humans. It's just... uh, Yeah, no. I... Yeah, I can't really say anything more other than, yeah, I just... If my worlds came to life, they would want to murder me. Have I even made a happy world? I don't know. I mean, I definitely have. I'm trying. I'm trying to. That should just be one of our problems: make a happy world, make something where your, God loves you. Your romance world. Oh yeah, I mean, but yeah, yeah. It was just except except that the like backwards insular religion was right, and it was actually well, Satan. She wasn't Satan. She was just a space alien that just happened to fit their profile of the Dark One. <laughs> She was just a bloodthirsty space alien that wanted to murder everybody. She would have been like one of the You're people right. on Thanos' team. She is Thanos Satan? Kind I mean, of. Basically. Yeah, he's kind, he's in, in the narrative of Yeah, he, the, he's kind of Satan. I mean, Dormammu is basically Satan, but Thanos is just up there on the list. What I'm saying Actually, is, Satan, as, as a character, yes, like Thanos serves the person purpose of Satan in the Marvel ECU. Yeah, okay. I guess Marvel ECU is extended cinematic universe i don't even care anymore they just make movies that i go to watch okay i'm rolling oh my god what'd you roll (laughs) 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 oh ryan's gonna be happy about this one i might even ask him to be on i rolled a crit fail outlaw alabama yes (laughs) (laughs) so excited for outlaw alabama i don't even know what it means I don't think it means anything. That's why I'm excited. Oh gosh, it. it's just evocative. You know I'm I mean? obviously making a Western world, so <laughs> it's not Western. It's Southern. Well, you Alabama you know what you know what I mean. Do you know you where know Alabama what I mean is? though? Like a Western styled world. Oh my God. No, Jordan. That, a Western. That's not what Alabama is. Fine. So I I can't have <laughs> cowboys in the plains of Alabama. <laughs> What? What? You want to fight? I can do what I want. I made a pyramid, you dickhead. It's just, it's not, it's not, it's not in the West. Okay, fine. I'll make a Southern. Is that better? Yes. Suck. My. (laughs) Anyways. Excuse me, Jordan? I really just want to slap the crap out of you, dude. (laughs) Like, honestly, I made the joke multiple times that this is the last episode, but we're getting close. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting, we're I don't think we're going to break a hundred. I don't think we're going to break a hundred. Oh my gosh. I'm so done with you. <laughs> Idiot. Um, Cody, <sighs> you jerk. Where can we find you? Find me at the Wandering Gamer Network. I play, uh, Mass Effect. We, we do a podcast. He plays Mass Effect. Well, we, that hasn't been released yet, but someday soon Mass Effect will be, will be out. But no, it's, uh, YouTube. We do Let's Plays and podcast is actual plays. So check us out. Okay, that's excellent. Um, you can actually first I want to announce before I go too into it. Um, we are going to be doing yet another live show, which that is going to be the title of it, World Shop, yet another live show on October twenty fourth at eight p.m. Eastern. So hopefully, I don't know, Jordan. Am I doing another live show, or do you not? You're want me doing on? the live show. Shut up. <laughs> so yeah, we'll we'll be doing another. 
yet another live show, which we're gonna this time pick a topic and just go crazy. Just go ham with it and have a good time. So check us out on that. That will be John. on our <laughs> that will be on our World Shop podcast at twitch.tv. And then also you can find me at something I guess zero zero at twitch.tv. So please tune in for that and I will be streaming sometimes. Don't know. Anywho, thanks for checking us out. And please rate and subscribe on any of the many places we are at. And anywho, thank you for listening. Bye. Oh wait, hold on. I messed that up. See you on the flip side. Bye. Bye. <laughs>